Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But until we get more people their shots, COVID will keep steaming along, which is why some places are reinstating mask mandates, like Clark County, Nevada, home of Las Vegas, which passed a resolution to require employees of indoor public spaces to wear masks while at work. Okay, that's tough news for many Vegas employees, unless you're a ventriloquist, because your job just got way easier. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny, uh, but the big story really out of that Vegas rule that they came up with yesterday is they decided not to mandate masks for uh, tourists. So that's the big news, and what I really like about that was that's the sort of thing that we should have been doing. Did I say something funny? No, no, I was just contemplating just uh, the epidemiological reality of that. Usually when you make that face, I've got a word wrong that made my sentence not make sense. <laughs> no, no, I was just trying to <laughs> contemplate. Okay, so you got like 50,000 patrons without masks, but the blackjack dealer has a mask oh, that's, to, uh, to that, protect him, I guess. That's, that's fun. I got into this conversation with the vending machine lady yesterday. So the vending machine lady is uh, refilling the, the, the crappy, crappy, unhealthy food that we all eat around here. That we want. I'm not calling, blaming the vending machine company. The reason they put that in there is because we buy it. But um, I was talking to the vending machine lady, and, and she has a mask on. I said, so they making you wear a mask? And she said, yeah, we mostly do it just to make the customers feel better. And uh, so it's not for you? No, it's because some customers are worried about it. And I said, I got into this conversation with a friend of mine who runs a business the other day, and I think this is happening a lot. He wears a mask to make his customers feel better. The customers are wearing a mask because he's wearing a mask and want him to feel better. And if you all talk to each other, you could both say, I don't really think we need a mask. Neither do I. How about we both take them off? Okay. I think that would happen a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of people are wearing a mask for to make other people feel more comfortable or to signal something else. But it's not about droplets of COVID in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing I run into a lot is I'll walk into a store and notice as I'm going in, oh, the sign on the store says masks required. And I'll stick my head in and I'll say, uh, do you actually require masks? And they'll say, no, no. So evidently, there's a mandate that they have a sign on the door <laughs> saying you have to wear masks, not the actual mask. That's funny. I turned away from a couple of stores without asking. And just if you're going to make me wear a mask, I'm not going in. Uh, I'll buy not something somewhere else. I, I think in a lot of cases it's a corporate mandate, but the people in Could the be. local area they they're they're more reasonable. Back to my it's original very Soviet, by the way. Back to my original point that I made yesterday when this came down that Vegas has decided to not make people wear masks. This is what we should have been doing from the beginning. They made a calculation on how much money would we lose if we make people wear masks, how many people would lose their jobs, how important it is to us versus the health. And they, they weighed the all these things and decided we're not going to make people wear masks. And then it's your choice on whether or not you want to go to Vegas and go to those hotels or casinos or not. And and they know that uh, in Vegas. And they're, they're, they're betting on there are more people that are willing to come here and be around unmasked people than not. So that's what we're going to do. And there should have been way more of that letting businesses individually make those decisions from the beginning. Getting right. back to, uh, to, to something I read over the weekend that I'd never even thought about before is the greatest transfer of wealth from small business to big business in the history of America in that Walmart, Target, and Amazon had record-breaking years during the pandemic and your local small hardware store or or a little corner market or whatever, all those kind of places where you could have bought the same stuff, they were mandated to be closed by the government. Right. The government crushed them. If you have 
a hundred different product lines, and two of them are designated critical. Or what was the uh, what was the term? How could I forget? Essential. Essential. Yeah. Uh, if you had two of those product lines that were labeled essential, and only a big big business would have that many product lines, including the essential stuff, you got to stay open. But if you merely trafficked in two or three or four and didn't include the so-called essential stuff, you were crushed by the government. And again, something we've said many times, nobody asked, are you a safe business? Can you find a way to keep your employees and customers safe? They just asked if you were essential. And then the big, stupid hand of government wiped away the dreams and the and the, uh, the financial reality, or, you know, health of these people and these families. It's awful. Two more kind of interesting COVID stories, and these are interesting, not dull. Um, and, and they're a, not trying to scare you. And they're not trying to scare you, but they all involve ancient musicians. So the ancient Rolling Stones, who are about to go on tour when the COVID hit a year and a half ago, and they canceled their tour. <laughs> the Rolling Kidney Stones. Hey! They're, oh, uh, they're, hey. they're now a year and a half older than they were even then. They're Joe Biden old, literally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're 76... Being told to wait a year and a half is not a minor thing. Google an age on Mick or Keith or somebody. What's their current age? And I think they're late 70s. And, uh, yeah, as my as my parents will tell you, those years when you get to be that age can mean a, a lot. Sure. It's not like the difference between being 31 and 33. There's a huge <laughs> difference can be between being 75 and 78. Sure. Um, a Jagger 77. Jeez, it's amazing. Anyway, they're going on tour. And so is Keith. They're going on tour in September, so that tour is back. But ancient Eric Clapton, who's roughly the same age, has just announced he will not play any venue where vaccines are mandated. He's a super anti-vaxxer, Eric Clapton. Wow. And I read an interview with him recently. He said he's lost a lot of friends that he's friends he's had his entire life no longer will speak to him because he's a he's a I'm not going to get a vaccination. I think it's the devil's work or government overreach or something. I don't remember what his reason was, but he's a I'm not going to get a vaccination guy. Oh, no, he got the vaccination and got sick. That's right. He didn't want to get it. He finally gave in and got it. And I think his wife's urging. And uh, and then he claims he was really sick and was afraid he was never going to be able to play the guitar again and all this stuff. And I have no idea if that's true or not. How would that happen? I don't know. All right. <laughs> but anyway, he he like he needs to do a tour with Van Morrison, Eric Clapton and Van oh. Morrison around like the south, the southeast of America. They could play every venue in Alabama, Mississippi, all those places where people aren't getting vaccination. Pack the house. They'd be the big they'd be the biggest concerts they've had since they were in their 30s. <laughs> I'll play my axe if you don't get vaxxed yeah. tour with Eric Clapton and Van Morrison. That's something. What a, what, a, uh-huh. what stipulation to put on a world tour? I'm not playing anywhere you make people get vaccinations. Yeah, fine with me. One thing that we, we've talked about this before, for the most part, for the most part, not completely, musicians don't tend to get worse as they get older. There is a limit, especially with singing. Singers, yeah. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I've i seen Eric Clapton play recently, and he seems to play just as well as he ever did. Yeah, unless you have really bad arthritis or something, there's no reason you wouldn't. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I was a huge Rush fan, uh, remain a huge Rush fan for years, and they, I mean, Getty's voice got a little tired, but in terms of the playing, they're magnificent, well into their 60s. Well, and it depends on the person, obviously, you know, some people age differently, um, uh, some people are older at 78 than others, uh, but... Because uh, I saw some rocker on TV that I thought sounded every bit as good as they they've ever have at roughly the same age. Then I just saw an ad up on the TV for the Eagles, and I'm kind of deciding: Do I want to see the Eagles when they come through? I saw mm. them years and years ago. 
uh, when they still had the whole the whole crowd. Now they got Vince Gill, and, and I'll bet it's pretty good. But it's, oh, it's musically, I'm sure it's great. Oh, musically, yeah. I'm sure it's great. But it's getting a little closer to like a really great cover band of the Eagles. Yeah. And uh, yeah. do I want to pay two hundred dollars a ticket to see a really great cover band of the Eagles? But that aside, I saw Don Henley on. And this was a couple of years ago. And he had the old man mouth when he was singing and talking and everything. He'd talk a little bit and he'd go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, uh, well, I wrote this song. I was, uh, we were on a bus. <laughs> and, and uh, it came to me. Oh, we, should, we should take it please, easy. Please, please stop doing that. <laughs> this is That's awesome. really weirding me out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. But he sounded fine. Um, I'll get into this immigration stuff when we come back here. There's a study out saying there's a decent chance this is going to be the worst year for illegal immigration that we've ever had in our nation's history. It's getting so little attention from most of the media. Millions of people are pouring across the border. Millions. Fox is into it every single day, but Ben, nobody else is, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of political pressure, and Republicans aren't bringing it up because the Wall Street crowd likes it. Um, I just heard a news story on NPR on the way in today. I think it was two-thirds of farm labor are undocumented, unpapered, what is a new term? Unpapered individuals or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the majority of the workers in the farms are illegal. Well, of course, the big agriculture and the big corporations running the hotels, getting their clean and the all that. Of course, they're, uh, they're wanting this. And so a lot of Republicans are keeping their mouths shut for that reason. So but this will be my, fa- my final comment so we could break semi on time. You have a desperate need for labor. You have a government paying people not to work, and you're letting millions of people pour illegally across the border to fill those jobs that I mentioned three seconds ago. That's a hell of an economic system. Does that have a name? Uh, cluster Cluckonomics? I mean, it really. <laughs> we were discussing economic systems earlier. This one needs a name. Sure, the way I came up with the idea for Hotel California. Oh, no, no. I was at this hotel. Cut should. off his mic, Michael. Cut his mic. Armstrong and Getty. The We've talked about this so much. If you listen to the show, you know our our spiel on illegal immigration. The 30-second version is Democrats think they're allowing voters into the country. Turns out, not necessarily so. I think they're making a, a wrong choice there. But Democrats mm-hmm. think they're letting voters in. Everybody that sneaks into the country is, is going to be a Democrat voter for life. Uh, and Republicans like the cheap labor. Big business in particular likes the cheap labor. And both sides are desperate for young people, young workers, to prop up Social Security and Medicare in an aging society. You, so they pretend they care. They raise money by pretending to care, but they don't. Yeah, you, the raising money part. So that, then you combine all that with the fact that it's such a hot issue for some people, and for the dumbest reasons, really, because we just laid out how both parties are in on it. But you can, as a Republican, stand up and say, they're letting this country get away from us with illegal immigration. Send me money. And everybody sends them money, Real, not realizing the Republican Party's been in on it for decades also. And then Democrats get up and say they want their racists who hate brown people, and we're not going to let them get away with it. Send me money. And people send them money because they think it's about racism. There are exceptions, like Henry Cuellar, the Democrat from Texas, who says you've got to get control of the border. This is ruining Texas. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, more than one, I'm reading from uh, the Washington Examiner today. More than 1.8 million illegal immigrants are expected to cross the U.S.-Mexico border this year, making it the worst year ever on record, highlighting President Biden's failed policies, according to a new forecast. Now, again, this is written by the Washington Examiner, the New York Times, or the Washington Post, who I'm sure would couch these same numbers in completely different language. If they covered them at all. They wouldn't do it at all. It would be the right. easiest way to couch it. The greatest bias... If there's one thing anybody ever learns from any stupid thing I ever say, Hmm. it should be that the biggest bias is not within the stories. It's the choice of the stories you do. That's where the bias really affects news. Because Fox does this story every day. MSNBC never mentions it. Hunter's laptop, etc. We're going to have the worst year ever for at least least Hunter's laptop. You can make some arguments that it's partisan this or that ever. you, what argument can you make that it's not a major story that you have the highest number of illegal immigrants coming to your country ever? You're a racist. That's the only argument. <laughs> I won't. I won't talk about this racist story. <laughs> Anywho, the projection from Princeton Policy Advisors, which I don't actually know if it has anything to do with Princeton. It might be one of those deals where you. Try oh, to fool people. I got to try that. Somebody look up Princeton Policy Advisors. Think if, see if they have anything to do with the university. Uh, showed that a, a high of 1.864 thousand illegals could come across the Southwest border based on the current trends and past averages. And they, the numbers are growing. If you do actually watch the Fox stories every day, the numbers are growing. So that's why the, the reporter on Fox the other day said we might end up with 2 million. They're saying on the current trends we'll have uh, a million, almost a million nine. But the numbers are growing week by week, month by month currently. I suppose it will slow down in the fall. It's also kind of interesting to look at the list uh, going backwards and give you an idea where we are in terms of controlling our border. This would be number one. Most illegal immigrants crossing the border. This year? This year. Number two would be the year 2000. Uh, But then you go... Going down the list, top 10, 2005, 2004, 2001, 2006, 2002, 2003, 2007. Hmm. So we've just decided in the 2000s to just let as many people in as we can. As many people as the public apparently will put up with. I think that's maybe what behind closed doors the powerful R's and D's have decided. We're going to allow as many to come in as we can get away with. And Biden plus AOC and company have pushed hard. To, let's see if they'll allow $2 million. No affiliation with uh, the University of Princeton. So, okay, it is. Uh, I got to do that. Attempt to try to fool us. Harvard Consulting or something. I got to come up with a good, impressive (laughs) sounding name. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, this organization has long argued for a market based visa program to control immigration, which most Americans would be in favor of. Let's just do. You know, Jonah Goldberg said this the other day. He said, uh, he said, my my position on, on immigration has been the same. My position on immigration policy has been the same for 20 years. Let's have one. <laughs> and I well would agree. Said. It can be a very liberal, more more liberal than I would like. But let's have one. Let's pick a number and let's enforce it. As opposed to just random, the, 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 the tides of history, however many people decide to come. That's a crazy way to run it. Uh, the administ- well, it, unless you are a politician who year after year gets people to show up to the polls, uh, gets huge contributions on the topic, and props up our, our giant social welfare net. 
then it's not crazy from their perspective. From the, the perspective of the citizens and the cultures and the border towns, it's it's worse than crazy. It's it's idiotic. But from the politicians, it works. Well, yeah, and I've uh, I've talked about this many times. I lived in towns, living in the Midwest. I know of towns personally. I lived through this. The towns became different places. Now, maybe you think that's good in the long run, melting pot and all this different sort of stuff. But you no. can't blame people who lived there their whole lives for not being happy that the town became a different place. I mean, you just you can't. I, it's 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 un. It's it's unrealistic to expect people to say, yeah, the music and the food and everything and the sports and everything has changed in this town, and I and I prefer the change That's, and our ability to communicate with each other. Oh yeah, too. And I, don't and, forget that. And we can't speak to each other because we speak different languages. But I'm for it because I'm a multiculturalist. That's just that's that goes against human nature. Oh, and if the shoe is ever on the other foot, you know, you get a bunch of American expats take over a town in Mexico or Costa Rica or whatever and change it fundamentally. They consider that colonialism and awful. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah, it's, all of a sudden, your language, your food, your customs, that's colonialism. You've trampled on the local culture. And as Joe mentioned, all of the people in charge that are making these decisions, their neighborhoods aren't changing. Their neighborhoods have the same English-speaking, very expensive private school, gated community, no crime, everything. Their hospitals are functioning fine. Right. And they act as if America doesn't have a culture or that we don't deserve one. They're wrong. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Here I am, recovering, getting out of here finally tomorrow. Am I going to get a vaccine? No. Um, Why not? Because there's too many issues with these vaccines. So here's a guy. He's in a hospital bed. He's got an oxygen tube in his his nose, and he's apparently had a pretty uh, rough run of it. Um, looking at so in Louisiana, the, uh, the bat fever. Yeah, yeah, he's got the COVID. Yeah, I'm sorry, I buried okay. that, but uh, yeah, Louis, he's in Louisiana, one of your areas where people aren't getting the COVID for. Uh, uh, well, I'll let him explain to the uh, reporter here. This father, former baseball coach, small business owner, and hunter, caught COVID and then he developed pneumonia. Before you got sick, if you would have had a chance to get the vaccine and prevent this, would you have taken the vaccine? Nope. So you'd have gone through this? I'd have gone through this, yes, sir. Don't shove it down my throat. That's what's local, state, federal administration is trying to do, is shove it down your throat. What are they shoving, the science? No, they're shoving the fact that that's their agenda. The agenda is to get you vaccinated. That's really something, man. You're sticking to your guns on the whole not getting vaccinated thing. You're in a hospital bed with a tube in your nose. Uh, Got pretty dang sick and... um, Nope. Glad I didn't get it. Still not going to get it. You know, that just sounds like oppositionalism yeah, to me. Yeah, I yeah. so resent the messengers like a teenager. I so resent my parents being in charge of me, even if they tell me, you probably ought to get your hair away from that fire. You can't tell me what to do. I mean, I don't... I don't know. If you legit think that there are the problems with the vaccine, okay, fine. Uh, I have allayed my worries. You haven't yours. That's fine. We can have a difference of opinion. But I don't want to be knee-jerk opposition guy. Coming up, 
Biden's pick to run the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Agency, is uh, really anti-gun and thinks anybody who owns a gun is just a simpleton doofus, probably a Trump supporter. You'll hear from him coming up next segment. Very maddening. Very oh, yeah. condescending. You know, there was another big uh, doing in the in the House of Representatives yesterday we ought to talk about, but I just got this text from my uh, 21-year-old uh, Delaney, my daughter. I'm boring now. I really just had the thought, hmm, my next clout couch should be a recliner. What have I become? <laughs> I said, I don't know, an adult? Someone who likes to recline? <laughs> and she says in all caps, I don't want to be an adult. I want to save up my money for candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember wanting the the hating the fact that I was becoming an adult. That's something. I got something interesting later. Maybe I can get to that next segment. You know, so that's yeah, finally something interesting. Something I learned from reading uh, Ms. Dalloway, Mrs. Dalloway from Virginia Woolf about uh, about aging and looking at the world that I thought was really interesting. You know, it's funny. I was kind of excited about being an adult. I didn't have that problem. I was I was into it. But you were tired. already married though. Uh, yeah, I was. That's true. Yeah. So you, yeah. you joined adulthood very early. Yeah. Um, uh, the hot fitness trend among Olympians we need to get to, too. Are you tired of working out? Start cutting off your blood flow. Wrap a rubber band around it until it turns purple. Stay tuned what? for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shut up. It's a hot new trend. No, it's not. It, it is. Can't be. It is. So maybe you heard about the to-do yesterday where uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and forming up this bipartisan committee to investigate the January 6th insurrection. Uh, select committee, I guess. There are already how many different uh, congressional committees that are investigating There it? are a number. It's going to get investigated. So don't fall for the idea that it's going to go uninvestigated because it's not. Yeah, but in the lefty media, that's that's the narrative. This this. Panel is the well, critical one, the one we must have. For whatever reason, we pay way more attention to these hearings, the the, the kind that turn into the dog and pony shows, mm-hmm. and we don't hear much about the more behind the scenes type investigations that are way more, uh, you know, official and thorough and you know, uh, out of the spotlight, so they don't have all the histrionics that go on. Right, right. So anyway, uh, the uh, the Republicans got to nominate a certain number of folks to be on the committee, uh, I believe five. Uh, but then Nancy said, no, you can't have Jim Jordan of Ohio or Jim Banks from Indiana because they're they're staunch Trump backers. So I won't allow them on the committee, at which point Kevin McCarthy said, all right, then we're not participating at all. And she said, fine. <laughs> and then I can't even remember. Did she say uh, then we well, won't have the committee or we well, won't what's, let you? What's or... the clip? What number is that? I just had oh, yeah. you get that, Hanson. What number is that? I love that clip. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. What number is that? Somebody tell me. Somebody tell me in my ear what number that is. Nancy Pelosi. A million and six. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody's talking to me. I believe it's clip 40, guys. Do you want me to fire? You have a hack at it. No, 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 no. Reporters that- asked Pelosi no, for her no, response. No, 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 McCar- no, 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 no. Dang it. I don't know what number it is. Never mind. The show is ruined. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, 49. Reporters asked Pelosi for her response when McCarthy accused her... Of playing politics. Perhaps you mistook me for somebody who would care about that. <laughs> the classic. Perhaps you've mistaken me for someone who cares, Nancy Pelosi says. Who would care about that? <laughs> Perhaps you've mistaken me for someone who cares. <laughs> and your little dog, too. <laughs> and so. <laughs> 
What and, a comeback. And, and to us, we chatted about this briefly yesterday. This was also scripted. I mean, because uh, I don't think Kevin McCarthy particularly wants to participate in this high-profile uh, committee. No. I, uh, this I, no. investigation, because then he'd have to come clean about you know the conversations he had with Trump that day, which were quite harsh and demanding. And in the cooler light of July 2021, might sound like he's <gasps> anti-Trump. And nobody in the Republican Party, really, except Liz Cheney, wants to run afoul of the still virulent Trump crowd. I think McCarthy put some people on there that he knew Nancy Pelosi couldn't stomach, and I think it's all a a kabuki theater sort of thing. Um, I think he put Jim Jordan on there knowing Nancy Pelosi wouldn't stand for Jim Jordan, and then if she couldn't stand for him, then he could pull out. Um, He's got a decent argument, though. You have freaking... Adam Schiff on there? Adam Schiff of years and years and years of lying about the Russia investigation? He's okay, but Jim Jordan isn't is a ridiculous argument. But Who's the ranking member of the committee, too? Well, and one more thing. Uh, but I think Nancy likes being able to say, look how look how objectionable the Republicans are. They won't even participate in it. So right, they're, they're both right. getting what they want out of this. Meanwhile, Jim Jordan was going to say a culture of lawlessness where it was made clear to America over and over again all summer long mm. that political violence was okay informed people's attitudes on July uh, on January 6th. Which is and true. And we need to look. It's un- unquestionably true. But Nancy was horrified by the prospect of that conversation taking place, which is why she wouldn't let Jim Jordan on there. Wow, so they're both getting what they want and and also getting what they don't want. I don't know how to write that sentence. Well, and they can they can posture indignantly in, in public and, and make all sorts of strong statements about the evil of the other yeah, side, yeah. and they're both getting what they want. So they, so they both get to uh, say the other side, you know, is uh, being unfair. But McCarthy doesn't have to talk about saying some pretty rough things to Trump. And Nancy Pelosi doesn't have to talk about, your side's completely out of control and been attacking federal buildings all over the country. Right. Performant, uh, uh, performative politics. It's, it's, the, uh, it's the trend of the day. Interesting. How come more people don't catch on to what's going on, though? It doesn't get reported that way very often. Well, because the reporters, so they, they don't want to call it what it is, because that would diminish the number of clicks and all. They want to make it seem like this is a legitimate fight for the soul of the republic. Hey, the the the, uh, the people being out of control all over the country is what led to a whole bunch of people buying guns, and it also led to a whole bunch of people wanting to get a security system for their homes for the first time. And Simply Safe is the best one you can get. The best, a whole bunch of different organizations that rate these things has said Simply Safe is the best, and it's super simple to get and to set up. You go online to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. takes about two minutes to customize the system for your home. Then it comes in the mail, and you set it up yourself in about 30 minutes. Now, here's the bad news. You get a wonderful home security system that will protect you from uh, break-ins, fire, medical emergencies, but... No guy with his butt crack showing will spend hours <laughs> drilling holes in your house and charging you $300 for the installation. Nope, you set it up yourself, and it is great. You can get a free security camera just by visiting simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get that free camera because you used our code. Keep in mind, it's a 60-day risk-free trial, so there is nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You and the people you love will sleep better at night. You'll be more relaxed on vacation, too. Protect your stuff lower your insurance perhaps simply safe.com slash armstrong the navy has a debauchery problem so we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later 
Sorry to hear that. The hot fitness trend among Olympians is blood flow restriction. Do tell. It's called cupping. Uh, A lot of swimmers you might see with red circular marks on their skin from cupping, an ancient Chinese practice involving suction on sore muscles and tendons. Uh, Sometimes it's tourniquets. Less blood flow to help heal? That seems crazy to me. These are elite athletes who have become disciples of a practice known as blood flow restriction, which is exactly what it sounds like, cutting off blood flow to certain muscles for limited periods of time, both to enhance the effects of training and stimulate recovery. Nothing counts so much as blood. Blood restriction. It's been around for about a half a century. Uh, This doctor uh, came up with this idea, created a live high, train low approach to altitude training, which prescribes athletes sleeping and living above 8,000 feet to increase the production of oxygen-carrying red blood cells, then descending a few thousand feet to train in order to overtaxing the body. Well, you can get the same results from restricting blood flow. You're basically restricting oxygen flow. Uh, you can get the benefits of, it says here, you can get the benefits of swimming 10,000 yards by swimming maybe 1,000 yards. Which is 1,000 more than I've swum in the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of the tape everybody wears. I don't know. I've asked a couple of um, uh, uh, physical therapists about the tape, and they say, well, I believe it makes the athletes feel better. It's just psychological. It's... Uh, uh, what do you call it? An amoeba. That sleeve that LeBron James wears on his his one arm. Not amoeba. Anecdote. Not anecdote. It's a uh, it's a facetia. What is it? Uh, it's a, you know the thing. The thing that doesn't do anything, but it feels like it does something. Yeah, it's uh, anesthesia. That's no, it. No, no. What is the word? Why can't Michael? What's the word? When you take a drug, it's not really a drug. Placebo. Placebo. Yeah, that's it. Hit, hit us with the word when we clearly have old man disease. <laughs> But so yeah, most of that stuff is placebos, right? All the all the sleeves and stuff that they wear. Yeah, well, there's some belief that it is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not an expert in it. All I know is I've asked experts, and they say, well, you know, it's. A... And one guy, <laughs> one guy sold the stuff too. Do they all say it that way? Eh, you know, it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yep. <laughs> and I think it ends up. I know uh, one of the is it LeBron or Kobe or some some uh, great player. Um, they wore it when they were hurt, and then when they were no longer hurt, they'd been playing well. So it's kind of like, you know, like golf. It's like your lucky red hat or something like that. At some point, you start thinking that, well, I'm doing well with this, so I might as well keep doing it. Why not? Right. And if I'm performing at an elite level, which would be a first, and, you know, I'm a little concerned about an injury, and somebody convinces me that, oh, this tape will really, uh, that'll take care of the old tricep or something. Well, then I'm not going to be distracted by that. I'm not going to be worried about it, and I might perform at a, a higher level. So blood flow restriction um, prompts an outsized response from the brain. Yeah, the brain is screaming, you're going to (laughs) die! Right. Um, And it speeds up the normal process of repairing and rebuilding damaged tissue, it claims. So is this anything? Have you been here following the blackout game? Somebody died from doing the blackout game on TikTok yesterday, uh, somebody in America. I have not. It's some sort of choking yourself till you pass out thing. Sounds like a great idea. I am. Yeah, and somebody died. That's, that's you know, with, uh, I'm sure their parents aren't listening, but I think Darwin may have been in the corner oh, of the room. Oh, boy. Yeah. But youngsters, youngsters do stupid stuff. I did stupid yep, stuff. Yeah, I did too. Um, And for stupid reasons. I'm not really happy with Biden's choice to run the ATF. He sounds a little anti-gun. Also, something I learned from uh, from old literature about uh, growing o- older 
which I found very interesting. A lot of good things on the way. And our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And so in their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King. And uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so what I would suggest is for those people who were first-time gun owners, if they did go out and buy a gun, um, I would secure that gun locked and unloaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in a cabinet. And, um, you know, only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, and I don't think they are. Yeah, that's uh, Biden's new choice to run the ATF. Uh, a little piece of an interview that came out that shows him to have a pretty condescending paternal view of people who are gun owners, particularly new gun owners, which there are millions and millions of across America setting records every month for gun ownership. And most of them first time gun buyers. And you know why? Because the freaking government has made it clear that they have no interest in trying to protect us or our stuff anymore. So we're doing it ourselves, which is why we have a Second Amendment. Yeah, the very party that tells you don't defend yourself, trust the authorities, told the authorities to stand down in the face of rioting, and now in the face of crime, as made clear by that now famous video out of the TJ Maxx in the the L.A. area, guys just walking out with hundreds of dollars worth of stuff with impunity. This guy is named David Chipman. He's been nominated to be the director of Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Even though they still call it the ATF, it's got an E on the end. Uh, Explosives. Um... And uh, when advocating for background checks, Chipman implied that background checks could be used as a way to arrest people before committing crimes. On top of that, Chipman also said under oath that the federal government should require the registration of all existing assault weapons, which is a meaningless term, and ban the future manufacture and sale of assault weapons, a meaningless term. Yet during a hearing, he con- considering his nomination before the Senate Judiciary Committee, he refused to define an assault weapon. I don't know if you ever saw that. That was a couple of weeks ago. He was asked by somebody, uh, what is an assault weapon? And he said, well, that's a legal term that is defined by, uh, you know, uh, legislatures. Well, you just said you want to ban them. So in your mind, you've got some idea of what they are. Well, that's a legal term. I'm not going to get into what an assault weapon is. Okay. So you're just saying crap that makes people feel good about you. It doesn't actually mean anything. All right. Yeah, exactly. That's politics. Anyway, I didn't like his tone about gun owners at all. No, Here it indeed. comes. Everybody's guns are going to be taken away. <laughs> Huge majorities of Americans saying crime is getting worse. And this guy saying, you have no need to protect yourself and your stuff except the zombie apocalypse. Screw I'm, you. How much time have we got left here, Michael? Huh. I'm not sure that's long enough to fully get into the mood I need to get into to talk about uh, getting older and aging and something I learned from reading Mrs. Dalloway. Maybe an hour three will find a spot for that. We do have the Navy's debauchery problem that we could talk about here. Mm. Senator Tom Cotton with a report out on the service branch that got a lot right about the upper ranks, but the enlisted side remains in dire need of attention, says this report. They have a severe drinking, carousing problem in the Navy. Now, Uh, spending like a drunken sailor is a phrase that I've been hearing my whole life. Swearing like a sailor has been a phrase I've heard my whole life. And I think that would go back to the days when our Navy dominated the seas. 
uh, all around the world. Right, right. So, but there's know. there's debauchery. Then there's debauchery that renders you unable to execute your duty, and that's uncool. True. Um. So I don't, you know, I don't know, but I, I, I it's been several uh, stories and lots of reports lately about the uh, state of our military, Navy getting a lot of attention, but whether or not we're ready to take on China or whoever and whether we're up to snuff and uh, a lot of them have not been good. And I just I just hope the right people are doing the right things for the right reasons to make sure that our fighting force is ready to fight and not uh you know, ready to go with critical race theory or making sure we have the right transgender policies or all these different sorts of things or not cracking down too much or too little on debauchery. Not to mention the top-down type stuff that perverts a fighting force's ability to do their jobs, whether it's uh, politicians insisting on outdated weapon systems because the plant is in their district or the military-industrial complex, which is a very, very real thing, and spend zillions of dollars on lobbying, and, and then their priorities become the nation's priorities, even though they don't really serve the nation. So it's a complex and difficult equation to solve. Reading from this story, where was this written, uh, Hanson? One problem with the way we print out stories is I never can tell where they come from. Shocking to no one is the longstanding culture of alcohol dependency in the military. Uh, the Navy is the only branch with alcohol consumption actually in their anthem. I didn't know that. An appalling joke oft repeated is that by the time an enlisted member makes chief, a crowning achievement, he will have had three DUIs and two divorces, not the makings of a well-adjusted individual whom junior sailors should revere, says this article, but I have no Indeed. Idea. Coming up... One step closer to a planet of the apes. And interesting economic numbers. If you miss it, get it via podcast, armstrongandgetty.com.